When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. On paper, you'd think this was going to be one hell of a train wreck. But then you listen, and you realize common sense doesn't have a party, an ideology, a stereotype, or a color. Can we be united again? Stick around, and we'll prove it. This is Doc in the Block. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Doc in the Block podcast. I'm here with the world's greatest NFL running back, I also happen to have another NFL superstar who's with us, Burgess Owens. Burgess, welcome to the program. Scott, thank you so much. Looking forward to uh, this process and talking to you guys. Looking forward to it. So, you know, we're always trying to explain to our audience that they have all the power within them to achieve in this world. And I don't think there's probably any better person on the planet to talk about that than you. I know as a kid growing up, uh, you were one of my heroes. I was a Raiders fan back in the day when you were uh, an NFL superstar and all pro and you guys won the Super Bowl in 1980. And then you went on to be uh, a congressman in the United States Congress. Now, I know your road to success was very easy and you had no obstacles along the way and, and uh, you were a victim at every stage of the way. We like to encourage our kids that uh, even achieve anybody who achieves success, even somebody like you, that's, you know, arguably as successful as you could possibly be. It's not a smooth road and you have to keep fighting and everybody has obstacles. And so our audience needs to understand they're struggling, they're facing challenges. Uh, maybe they come from a broken home. Maybe, maybe they have a reading disability. That's kind of my big thing. Uh, you know, they don't have a father in the home or whatever. Uh, somebody's against me for whatever reason, everybody faces that and successful people figure out a way through. And our sort of, uh, motto is no excuses, right? No matter what, there are no excuses to succeeding. You keep your head down. And if you employ the proper values, honesty, integrity, accountability, being a good teammate, uh, you can be successful. And I, we would just love to hear your story. How, how did you get to, from where you came from to where you are now? Well, first of all, Scott, thanks so much. For, uh, that's a great way to get started off. I, I want to say this for those who are very young listening to our, our conversation. I played with the Raiders back in the days when they used to win football games all the time. <laughs> all right. Just, you know, there was a time. I know it's surprisingly, but I was there during that period. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, I consider myself extremely, extremely blessed. Uh, because of the way I was raised. And I'm going to go through some of the obstacles because we all go through it. And you, you nailed it. Life is about not only uh, having big dreams, but how do you deal with those dreams when, when life hits you and you have to really fight to hold on to them. And I was blessed because I grew up during a time of segregated South, uh, deep South, um, KKK, Jim Crow, segregation with a remarkable family, a remarkable community. 
I grew up at a time when my, my dad had come back from World War II. And, and they, the, the, the idea was very simply, they loved being Americans and they believed in meritocracy. They believed that they could command respect, not by asking or begging for it, but by working hard and, and, and winning. So you work harder, you study harder, uh, you overcome the obstacles. When somebody tells you you can't, you man up and or woman up and say, nope, I'm going to show you that I can. And so I grew up in an environment of just being an eternal optimist to know that uh, no matter what the, the obstacle was, you live in a country of freedom that you, you can get back up one more time. And as long as you don't lose your dream, you have another day, you can take another step and you get closer and closer to it. And one day you wake up and realize I've accomplished so much more than I ever thought I could. So that was the environment I grew up in. And what I appreciate about what you guys are doing, our kids need to hear this more often. They need to hear that they have the capability of succeeding, even though tight life gets tough. And by the way, life gets tough for everyone. It's just the way it is. It's, it, we're here to learn the values of tenacity and, and grit and, and, and humbleness. And, and I think the most important thing is as you go through life and you have your obstacles, the message you can give to somebody else who's following behind you, that if I can do it, you can do it. The strongest nine words in history, I think, that we can tell one American tell another one is if I can do it, you can do it. And the only way you can tell them that is by going through stuff that you might might feel difficult, but coming through it and realize that somebody else needs to, to learn the lessons you did. So uh, I, I grew up down south. Um, I was the uh, third black American to have a scholarship at the University of Miami. Uh, so I know what it is to, first of all, go into an environment where not only we wanted to prove ourselves, but we wanted to leave a legacy, a, a, a pride for our family and my community. That's the kind of way we grew up, by the way, is that you succeed not only for yourself, but you want to show the rest of the country and the rest of, of the environment that you come from a race that can do all kind of great things. And you come from a family that has a great name. You want to make sure that name goes on. So came out of University of Miami. Um, uh, I was not thinking football at the time. I, I, at those, in those days, those days you got there because you got a scholarship and kind of get a degree. <laughs> that was it. Um, uh, my degree was biology and chemistry because uh, my dad was an educator and I, I spent a lot of time during the summers in his, in his laboratory. So I kind of, I was into that, that mindset. Thank goodness I found I had talents that I had no idea I had. I had a, a defensive back coach who saw talents in me that I had no idea I had. And because he believed in me and I decided to work hard, I found a, a niche that I could actually become uh, pretty good at. So played NFL for a few years, 10 years. Uh, thank goodness got with the Raiders at the right time. And, and I just want to share this before I take some other questions. <clears throat> then came the probably the most important phase of my life. Uh, I left the NFL pretty much at, at I would say, at my top. I was uh, had become an all-pro, led the team in interceptions that year, was going into a free agency season. But I had this desire to begin a business of my own. I, th I thought this business I could run would give me an opportunity. One day, they would reach back to my community and, and reach back and touch kids in a way to let them know that, that they can, they can succeed. I saw that we were losing that. So I, I left NFL and nine years later, uh, what I realized is when you start a business, not only do you have to have a, uh, an idea and work hard, but you have to have, to have a good idea. Nine years later, after leaving the NFL, I lost everything. My business went under, I lost everything. Went from a beautiful home in Long Island, New York, uh, to a, for a few months, a one bedroom apartment, uh, four kids, and working as a chimney sweep and a security guard. And believe me, that's that moment when you sit there and say, wait a minute, <laughs> what, wait, what is this all about? Because in nowhere in my vision that I ever think that I would have to start over again. I just had this attitude to work hard enough, 
uh, it will make all happen. But that's where the humble spirit comes in. Cause I realized at that point, uh, I was taught to just get back up and go at it again. Well, a few months later, um, uh, after that experience, I was, I began my career as a corporate sales, which I did for 25 years because of, of options that came along the way. So anyway, just want to make that point. Uh, when I talk, when I go into colleges, I love having an opportunity, particularly when I tell young people about the opportunities out there, what they can do with their lives, and they will live in the greatest country in, in the history of mankind. And the question comes up, well, yeah, you can say that because you are a football player. You're an NFL player. I said, yeah, that w- I was a football player, but after that, I was a chimney sweep and a security guard. And I'm here to tell you that if I can do it, you can do it. So that is the message that I love to give out there, and we have to make sure our kids get it because they need they don't hear it often enough, unfortunately. They hear too many times that they're victims, that they can't control themselves. If somebody else, the man, is going to make sure you can't succeed. No, it's your attitude that decides your success. Now, we have to make sure that attitude is, is, uh, is, is tuned into the right things. You know, you make a lot of interesting points there. You know, you say you grew up in the segregated South, and then you were one of the first three uh, black Americans to get a scholarship at the University of Miami. And yet you feel like you grew up in the greatest country in the world, which I agree. And, you know, I'm always trying to explain to people that there's no place you could point to that you can't poke holes in it. You know what I mean? And the reason is because every society that's ever existed on the planet is run by human beings and we're all flawed and we're all sinners. But this country has allowed us to confront our demons and to get better and better. And, you know, it's kind of it's kind of the, the most important part of the whole story is the fact that even with all of these obstacles against you, with the right mindset and the idea that you could control your own destiny and through hard work and determination and grit, honesty, integrity, accountability, and showing up that you could succeed. How did you maintain that mindset and not, you know, be somebody who felt like, well, the world is stacked against me. I can't achieve. Well, again, I grew up in a community uh, that winning was expected of us. Uh, And this is something I, I like to make sure whenever I get a chance to say it, I do because it's not being taught. Uh, the history of our country is that anyone that comes here applies themselves to the American culture will succeed, period. Doesn't matter the background, how, how much money they have, what their language might be. If you learn, and, and I'll say that culture is, is, is phrased in four words. It's faith, family, the free market, and education. If you focus on that, and that's what my community was. Uh, and so just as a little bit of quick background, because in our segregated community, we didn't depend on anybody else. We looked at each other and said, we need to command respect by, as, a, as a culture uh, winning. So what happened to the 40s, 50s, and 60s? The black community, because of that faith, family, free market education, led our country to growth of middle class, men matriculated from college, men committed to marriage. Up until the 1960s, more black women were getting married at a higher percentage than white women. And the percentage of, we had the highest percentage of business ownership because we had nobody else. We had to do it within ourselves. So in that community, think about it. I saw around me success everywhere. Doctors, lawyers, engineers, plumbers, a hospital with the black doctors and nurses. And the message was the same from every single adult that we were put around. You can do it, young man. This is a country that you can succeed and you owe it to your family, you owe it to your community to go out there and put your best foot forward and respect your elders. Uh, we were, I mean, I can, I can kind of, I can kind of summarize what I was told as a young man that what the problem is if you do this, you'll be successful, you'll be happy, you'll look back on life and realize it was a good run. Love God, country, family, respect women and authority. It's very simple. It's very easy. 
but it's something we're not teaching our young people now, particularly our young men. So they, they find themselves so miserable in life and have no idea. All it takes is just turn that mindset into love of God, country, family, respect women, authority. And you'll look in the mirror and be very proud of what looks back. Congressman, you let me start off and say kudos to you for success on many levels. But in particular, you were able to be successful on two fronts, ultra successful. Right. You got it's it's hard enough to do it on one front. Right. Playing in the NFL, making it there. I tell people all the time it's easy to make it to the NFL. Staying is the problem, right? 300 people come in, 300 people got to leave. So kudos for you for being at the top of your peak every in every facet of that phase. But then you leave and then you're able to rebound and get yourself together. And now look at you. Walk me through what does that intangible look like, the similarities and the mindset you have to have to be able to be successful at both stages. What, 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 a, good, what a good question. Um, uh, I have a motto, and that is you dream big. Uh, uh, if, if, if people can learn to follow their dreams and never, ever give up on it, things begin to happen. You stay focused. You stay disciplined. What I did is, and, and, and you know this, Vernon, you, you and I understand this. As an athlete, uh, once you decide to get into that arena, you think about it all the time. Uh, you can be walking down the, down the side of the road and you see yourself on the sidelines acting like it. So it is what you think about all the time. And, and I think the humble approach of how can I get better? Uh, and, and I, that humble process is so important because once we think we've arrived, then that's when we begin to go downward. So we always have to figure what can I do better? Um, uh, how can I can continue to compete? Uh, I think the biggest thing with me is when I left the NFL, I had a mission. I, I kind of my life mission was how can I impact young people, particularly black young men and women, that they can realize the dream of America is real for them. So even when I went through the toughest of times, even though I got into a whole different career uh, with um, uh, with uh, corporate sales, I ended up landing a few years ago back where I thought I was going to start years ago, which is working with at-risk kids. I started a nonprofit called Second Chance for Youth, where with kids coming out of the juvenile system, not knowing that that decision would one day lead me to the question of this is not working the way it should. What do we need to do in D.C. to change the trajectory of what our kids are experiencing? If our kids come out, they can't read and write. They have no idea what their history is about. They have no idea how much proud they should have in their ancestry. If they come out anti-American, anti-culture, they're not going to win. That's the only reason I decided to come into this arena of politics, which I never thought I would do. So it's the dream from the very beginning. And it doesn't matter the obstacles. I can look back over now 40, 50 years, realize, my goodness, if I had not had that dream, leaving the NFL, I wouldn't be sitting before you guys right now. So it sometimes it takes longer than we expect, but you hold on to the dream. You stay tenacious, have grit. You treat people right. You respect yourself and others. I tell you, the doors open up in time to, to get to where you want to get to. You know, Congressman, I think both you and Veron can kind of speak to this. One of the things we always like to encourage our listeners to understand is that most human beings out there don't think about you one way or the other ever. You know what I mean? They're thinking about their own lives and their own aspirations and their own you know, goals. And when you come in contact with other people, you're really looking to see, can that person be a good friend to me? Can they be a good boss? Can they be a good employee? Could they be a good teacher or a mentor whatever? You don't really think about that person's against me or for me. And, uh, you know, my father used to talk to me about this. He was a career military officer and he used to talk about race a lot when I was a young kid. And, you know, he would talk about in the military, you know, we kind of got past that in a lot of ways, because when you're out 
in the front lines, like you don't really care what that other person looks like. You just care what they can do for you. Can you cover my six? You know, and I think sports is also another situation, you know, something like the NFL, that is a pure meritocracy. Like you don't get onto the field because like, well, you were a nice guy or, you know, you got to run fast, jump high, be strong. You got to do all that stuff. And a lot of that doesn't care what your race is. So you guys obviously came in, in, in contact with people that didn't look like you or sound like you, but you had a common goal and, and you guys were all there based on merit. Talk to me about about that a little bit. Well, first of all, and this is something Varan would, would relate to, because uh, we already, just the fact we played NFL together, there's already a, a brotherhood. This is this instant connection just because of that. But there's nothing like it when you're on the field and the goal is to win. And that's all you really care about. You look at each other from inside out, not outside in. You look at what can that person bring to the plate to help us to win this battle. And everything else begins to, to just disappear. That's why military and sports used to be the best ways uh, making sure we can we can cut down any differences in the div- divisiveness. Even today, uh, again, it's been it's been years. I we we won back in 1981 the Super Bowl championship. I probably have when I say brother, uh, I can tell my my guys we love each other and we truly mean it because of experience we had so many decades ago. We have different ways of going. We might not all, all, all be on the same political page, matter of fact, but there's a brotherhood because of it. And that's really what our country stands for. The more we can find together as a nation. Uh, the better we are as a we the people nation. And in the past, it's been sports. Uh, it's been the military. Uh, it's, it's been, we, and we have to find more of that. We cannot allow divisiveness, uh, which is easy to happen when you start looking at our differences. We cannot allow that to happen. So let's, whenever we can, uh, and I'll, I'll say this too, use sports as one of those areas when we come together. When we're together, let's have the, um, I guess, just being able to give each other enough space to let sports be that place where we can truly be together as a team. And then the other stuff can come along a little bit later on. We can have our disagreements about all other stuff, but those moments we can come together to be on the same page, it's nothing like it. That's what America is all about. And that's the power, by the way, of we the people. It's nothing more powerful than those three words because we are finally one in an area. The more we can find those, in, those instances, the, the, the more the closer we'll be as, as a nation. across Awesome. The world. Awesome. Uh, Congressman, you talked about it a little bit. You, 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 you mentioned it a little while ago about, you know, you have to dream. But you hinted on now when you're in the NFL, you're walking down the sidewalk and you're actually living it, doing moves, thinking about getting better. That's in every facet of your dream. Right. Can you expand upon that and, 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 and break it down? Because Michael Jordan said it's easy to score 32. It's four baskets, a, 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 a quarter. Right. Is four, 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 four. But people try to blow it up and make it bigger than what it is. Can you simplify that for the audience for me? Yeah, it's actually what do you do when you're not on the stage performing is what do you do with all those extra hours? And, and, and Veron, you know, you know what I'm saying when I say this. When you're in the game, you think about it all the time. Uh, you think about how many days, how many hours can I put into working out today? Uh, how much pain can I get to that I'm going to get past the next day? Uh, it, it, and and we can, when I talk in sports, it's sometimes easy to understand because we all can understand what it is to do that extra pull up or that sit up, whatever. But it's in everything we do. Um, it's, 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 it's what do we do during our off time? I, I got to where right now I'm doing something that I would not have done when I was much younger. I was extremely introverted, extremely shy. And I wanted to get over that when I came out of the NFL. So I started reading. I got to a reading habit of reading every single night. And I did this for years, for decades. 
I would read books like How to Think, uh, Think and Grow Rich, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, uh, Skill with I mean, things that, that were not entertainment, but how can I grow and become a better person? How can I have a conversation without feeling that I just, I'm, not, I'm in a, in a, inadequate? Well, those are little things that happen, and it's not a lot of excitement to it. It's like three, three yards in a cloud of dust. Nobody gets excited about it, <laughs> but it does work over time. Correct. So I would say the part of the dream is looking at what can I do to become better at what I truly want to be. And, and, and by the way, let's not put, um, let's not, let's not put uh, shackles on ourselves of what we can be in one day. I'm so thankful that I never limit myself in terms of what the potential might be. And by the way, what that limitation means, you have to also get outside your comfort zone. What I'm doing right now, to be able to speak to you guys right now, begin with a lot of little times of holding a sheet of paper, looking at my notes and just reading from it, being very nervous to where I can now speak because I one step at a time get out of the comfort zone. So press yourself, realize your potential, dream big, realize that obstacles are part of the process. That's why we learn. Uh, working out, when you you max out and you can't go any further, that is part of it. So the next day you come back and you get right past that next one that you did before. Right. So it's the same thing physically, mentally, spiritually. And by the way, can I say this? The spiritual aspect is so, so important. We have to have that as part of our equation. We have to know that that we will be blessed over time just by being the best person we could be. We might not see it right now. We might not see it coming directly back to us. But I can look back now over 40 years and say, my goodness, does it work? Just be the best you can. And things will happen where you said, I never thought I'd be doing this. But thank goodness because I just had that dream and because I wanted to get better, I can now do some things I never thought I could do before. You know, that's a, a very good point. We talk about it on the show all the time with all of our big timers. I mean, I don't think there's even been one exception. Faith is always a major part of their success. And it, it is in my life as well. And it's something to the point where I would encourage our listeners, even if you have trouble with your faith, right? We always talk about if you want to be successful at something, find somebody who's already done it and do what they do. And so I'm telling my listeners out there, uh, the things that people do is they develop their faith. And that is something we see across the board. And it, it's such a common theme that, it, you know, it's something that people need to latch on to because it is a part of, of success. And I think a lot of it has to do is, at least in my own case, as you start developing your faith is recognizing that you are a flawed person and that you're a sinner and that you're not really up to it. You know, I, Sometimes I I come on this show and, you know, we're talking about virtues and all that. And I think to myself, I hope nobody out there thinks that I'm this virtuous person, uh, you know, that doesn't have flaws because I'm I'm a sinner just like everybody else. And what I'm saying is the effort towards living up to being that best person that you can be is going to take you in the right direction. And that also segues into what you see in other people. Whatever you're looking for in this life is what you're going to find. And if you're looking for people to hate you and to hold you back and to keep you from achieving your goals, well, those are the kinds of people you're going to find. But, um, you know, I talk to my kids about it all the time. Uh, that, uh, that ref is against me in the, in the thing, or I have a teacher that's against me, or I have a person that's against me. And I'm like, okay, so even if it's true, so what? You're going to quit? No. You got to figure out a way to get by those people and understand we're all going to meet them. You're not special. You know, yeah. somebody's in your way. You're not special. Everybody has that experience. And, you know, learning how to deal with people, that's a skill set, you know. And sometimes, you know, and I know in your line of work, you come across people that are against you every day and you have to figure out a way to work with them. Talk about that. 
And, and this is, you, you just nailed it. You really did. Um, uh, when I say, when I say faith, part of it is recognizing we have to look outside of ourselves. Uh, and I think personally, as we get more selfless, try to find ways to serve others, try to find ways that we can be a benefit to other people, that kind of grows within us because we begin to feel good about that process. Uh, there was a book I read a while back called The Five Love Languages. And uh, my love language is service, which basically I'm very, very selfish in a sense. I love to serve. It feels so good to me. But at the same time, it benefits other people, too. Uh, so it's, 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 it's being, being knowing that, number one, yes, we will fall short. As I mentioned, probably the most important thing that could have happened to me at the time it did was coming out of the NFL when I had so much. I mean, I, I, I was a very proud person. I really thought I could do anything if I just worked hard enough. So to come to the position years later where I realized I can't do everything, I need some help, and what do I do next? Then all of a sudden doors begin to open and you begin to be not only be more humble, but you can empathize more. That empathy is the biggest part of it, being an American. I really believe that. Uh, we're the kind of people, and that's why, by the way, I just want to make this point. That's why the middle class is such a special, special group of people. These are folks that understand where it is to, to, to strive hard to get their dreams accomplished. They know they didn't do it on their own. They had help from a, a God in heaven. Um, they, they, they want a legacy. They want a name that they could pass on to their kids. They know to do that, they have to be a, a better person because their kids can see a better person and their spouse can see a better person. And that middle class uh, also takes risk. And, and, and that's what is actually is passed on to those who they, they're influenced with. So uh, it is so important that we recognize what makes the middle class, what makes our culture what it is, are folks who have faith that they can do a better job of being a better, a better person in some kind of way having this empathy that I need to turn my success around to help other people to be where I am. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's nothing like it any place else, I think, in the world. That's why everybody comes to this country because they feel it. Uh, they don't know quite what it is, but it's those who just want to give back and, and, and leave a legacy of a good name, um, uh, a good family, Whatever it is that they're doing that's important to them, that somebody will remember them in the future because of, of that process. Talk to me about your mentorship, right? Who was some of your mentors growing up? And then not just that, but there's a second part to that. When you get successful, stewardship, right? You, you're giving back in all that you do. That's the part of reaching back and helping somebody else after you've become successful. Talk to me about that. I tell you, I was I was truly blessed, and I start off by saying this. But I remember the first uh, interview I did uh, as a senior in high school. I got on the phone, and somebody asked me who's my hero, and they they thought I was going to talk about a football player at the time. And it was automatic, my dad, my dad. Uh, and, and for those who have uh, the blessings of a good mom and dad, they, you understand what I'm saying. There's nothing like that. My dad was there when I got to be 13 to 14 years old, and thought I was kind of becoming a big deal <laughs> with the muscles. Yeah. Uh, I realized later, my goodness, <laughs> I'm glad I, I didn't I didn't push my dad too far. <laughs> but uh, but no, having someone who's principal, someone who, um, who 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 really can can kind of help you through those processes and make sure you also understand the parameters of life and that discipline is so important. So I, I was very fortunate to have that that type of mentorship. And when I when I as I continue to grow, I start looking for those types of people. Um, again, my my coach and uh, in college, I had the faith in him that he saw more in me than I did because I was so depressed when I went from being a, a, a running back to a defensive back. And now I say, my goodness, did he find the right position for me to be able to play ten years in NFL? 
And so along the way, what I've learned to do is surround myself with people that I respect, number one. And this is what helps me when I have to make decisions that might not be popular with the rest of the world. I'm really okay with that. I'm okay with it because I saw my dad do it and I saw people around me do it. So as long as my family uh, is there, I have a handful of friends that, that, that I trust and they, they take me for who I am, not for the other stuff that doesn't make a difference, it's temporary, then I'm okay with it. I can tackle the world. I'm, I'm very blessed, by the way. I, I live in a remarkable uh, state of Utah, very conservative state. I believe in those, those four tenets, faith, family, free market, education. So I can come here to, U, uh, to D.C. and fight the world and stand strongly and get all the heat and go back and get pats on the back. Out of board. <laughs> so, so, and that's all I need. There's a few pats from a few friends in my family, and I'm, I'm good to go. I'm that's recharging right. ready to go again. Congressman, you bring up such another great point that seems to be a common theme on this show. We're always talking about the fact that what you set out to do might not end up be what God's plan is for you. You know, I'm the only guy sitting here that didn't make it to the NFL, but I'm like every other kid. That's what I wanted to be when I was young, but that was not that was not in God's plan for me. But I worked at it. You know what I mean? When it was possible, I put all my energy into it. I did what I thought I needed to do. And sometimes the answer is no, that's not for you. But I was able to take those same uh, traits, those same characteristics, those same habits, that same discipline and find my way. And I ended up, you know, now I got to be a doctor and uh, it's been a wonderful experience because he, God also led me to a place where my entire existence is service. And we are always trying to explain to our listeners that in life, that is where true fulfillment comes from is in service to others. And I talk to my kids and I talk to the people that we try to mentor that the first thing you have to do in life is learn how to take care of yourself. And then if you can de- develop the proper characteristics and the and and get a, a character of honesty, integrity, accountability, being a good teammate, being generous, being kind, being service, you learn you get to a position where you not only can take care of yourself but you can help others. And so I tell my kids right now, you guys are in the mode where I need you to learn to take care of yourself. When you get the strength, then I need you to help others and if the world works that way, you know, we get better and we get better. And, um, you know, you're, you're, it happens to everybody on every level. So there you are in the NFL, a running back, and then they move you to the defense that had to be crushing, but you ended up becoming an all pro and a Super Bowl champion. So, you know, things worked out. Well, you know, you know, it comes down to, uh, success is built on habits. Um, and, uh, uh, there, there are certain things that we do. We don't have to think about anymore. We just automatically, we get in the car, we don't, there's certain things we don't have to concentrate on because it's, it's, it's in our mentality right now. It's just who we are. And that's the way success is. And, and, and to your point, Scott, earlier, uh, that's why I love sports because if you truly learn the, the life skills of sports, and I don't care if it's in high school and then whatever, if you learn to give everything you can, if you learn that when it gets hard, just, just keep going at it, you put everything, you learn those habits early. <clears throat> and I found guys who learn those habits in high school in college that guys at 10 years in the pros never learn because they have so much natural talent. Yeah. Those, those, those opportunities give you a chance to whatever you decide to do in life, you can be the very best. And I'll say the biggest thing for me is just always being prayerful to just be led and to be able to hear it. And then, and finding out that whatever that doorway might be, you take those same habits of success to that door and you'll find yourself in such an even better place than you probably ever thought you could have been. Uh, I'm, I was just talking about my girls. Uh, I have five, five uh, I have six girls, six kids, five girls. And I was just, I just wrote a letter to, to my last two 
uh, uh, that we were able to get right after I left the NFL, <clears throat> explaining this process of the ups and downs of life. And, and I was telling them how thankful I was that I did not get another contract in the NFL and with the Raiders that year that I was a free agent. Because if I had, I would not have failed nine years later. We would have made the decisions to make my, to have my, my, my last two girls, uh, years after that. So everything that's happened was so, I'm so fortunate because it did. And during the time, by the way, when you're struggling, man, you don't want to be there. It hurts. But it's the lessons you learn. And you finally say, you know what? I don't want to go back, but I'm so glad I did because I learned so many great lessons and look at the blessings I have. So for those who are listening, I'll say this. Count your blessings. Count them one by one and you'll see what the Lord has done. Keep counting them and believe me, you'll always look back and say, you know what? Uh, not only do you see the past as a benefit, but know that anything that happens in the future, you can apply those same lessons that there'll be a benefit at some point if you just hang in there and keep going, going at it. Great point. Great point. Things don't happen to us. They happen for us, you know, and it's so, so instrumental that you said that because some of my darkest times and I think what we struggle with as athletes is what next, right? You, you build up this, this big facade and you're on this platform that's ginormous. What do you do when it's over? Right. That was a struggle. So good for you for having a a plan, you know, some of the darkest time. But you hit a great point with if you keep the same foundation that got you there, you will grow through it as well and apply that to something else that you want to shift your focus into. Same principles apply. Same same principle. Can I say something, Ron, that I think is important that people hear this? Because, uh, you know, we see as a super champion, you see as a playing in a, in a time when, when people really are tuned in to the NFL. And yet you can still talk about dark times. Everybody relates to the fact we will have dark times. Now, it will not be the same for everybody. Those dark times come differently. And I think even that is, is allows us to know that whatever it is, we can get through it. The Lord doesn't give us more than we can handle. So we'll yes. get through it those dark times, whatever we've been chosen. The key is to know that it will be temporary. Yes. You keep that in mind. Uh, and, and again, that's why we all experience the whole thing of sports because we know what it is to have ups and downs so, and dark times in sports. Now we look back and there's, there's no big deal, really. That's right. <laughs> you know, that's three right. by five points or two. That was not a big deal after all. That's right. But the lessons of, of learning to keep those those blessings coming and, and uh, accounting them is really what it comes down to. So for those that are listening, uh, just know that life is designed to help you at the very end of the day to be a winner. If you just learn it, don't push the blame off somebody else. Always look at yourself and say, what can I do? What can I do, for instance, to forgive people? How about that one? That's a big one, believe it or not. Uh, and I, I tell you, sometimes that could, that could be some of the toughest things you can get through is just to forgive and literally let it go. Mm-hmm. And those who can do that, my goodness, can you just bring so many blessings in because you're not putting up barriers, not being angry. People don't see you as a, as a negative. You see you as a positive. So be the kind of person where folks are drawn to you because you just have that light, that 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 hopefulness, and people will just want to be part of that, and they will do everything they can to help you move along if you if you bring that to the table for sure. You know, and you're saying something in another way that we talk about out on this show all the time, and that's the best way to get in this world is to give first. You know, yeah. if you can truly go out and be in service of other people without any expectation of something in return, the reality is you'll get a lot in return. You know what I mean? It's just. It's just the way the world works. People are drawn to that kind of character because it's rare. Yeah. You know, most people are, are always, what about me? 
And, you know, I talked to my kids about why I go to church at least once a week. I'd like to do more. And I said, because by the end of a week, I'm like, what about, what about me? You know, that's what's in my head. Well, what about me? What's in it for me? And I start having anxiety. And then I go to church and I realize it's not about you. It's what he wants for you. And my anxiety goes away. And I'm starting, like, I'm starting to see this pattern, like, okay, now I'm starting to get it. You know what I mean? And it's almost like I want to take young people and say, hey, if you could just get to where I'm at right now, you'll find all kinds of peace. And to be honest with you, having done this show, we've had, you know, people like yourself and Dr. J and, you know, we've had MMA fighters and all kinds of successful type people. And across the board, they all talk about service to others and faith. And um, and uh, it's truly amazing. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, it's even more true than I thought. You know? Can I add this uh, real, quick, real, quick, real quick, Scott? A couple of things. First of all, you're talking about, you're talking about his muscle memory. Uh, once you get to the point where you realize you serve, you serve, you serve, it comes back in such big ways. Yep. It just fills you up. So that, that and also let me tell you a real quick football Raider story. Because this kind of highlights what we're talking about right now. The year that I got to the Raiders and Al Davis had this culture of second chances. And we got there about 13 of those had just been brought in and a bunch of guys were sent out. So it was supposed to be a rebuilding year. Along the way, we began to figure out that one game at a time we can start winning if we focus on putting everything we could on the field. So we had a team at some point that was remarkable for me because I've been playing for many, many years, never experienced this. But everybody was trying to figure out what they can do, the very best. They focused on their talents, what they can do, and not caring about the credit. Nobody cared about who got the credit for it. Yeah. My goal very simply was not to let the rest of the team down. I want to make sure I did my job. I get the film. I study because everybody else was doing their job. I didn't, want to, I didn't want to be that weak link. Imagine when everybody feels that way and you step on the field and it's all about what can I get the best out of what I can do. And I, and I, and I trust my teammates to do their best. It, is, it ends up doing a Super Bowl a game, and that's and I've never experienced anything like that. I'll say this: the next year we came back, the same guys, um, same colors on their uniforms, without rings. This time, caring about who got the credit, we went to the very bottom of the division. <laughs> so <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's a day and night. I can look back on it and say, man, don't ever go do that ever again. Stay humble. <laughs> Stay no, humble. It's, it's funny. <laughs> I think I can't remember where I was just reading. I think I was reading Basic Economics by Thomas Sowell again, and. And I think he was talking about the people who are successful in this world are the ones who can uh, can be happy not being in the center. That's right. You know what yeah. I mean? If you can let other people get the that's and what that's what he's talking about. Let other people get the credit. And I'm always talking about that to my kids. It's like, you know, if you can be that person that doesn't mind somebody else getting the credit, the thing is people will be attracted to you because it's a unique characteristic. And the reality is people always know when you're in the center, even if you're not trying that's to right. be in the center. That's right. People know who that's gets right. the credit. And that's why I'm always like the ability to be able to take um, accountability for something, you know, you're, you're on the job or you're on the team and something goes wrong and it's like, coach, it's my fault. I won't let it happen again. You know, you're like, wow, you're taking, you're taking the hit for the team. The coach knows whose fault it was. And the fact that you were willing to stand up and take accountability for it, man, that just moves you to the top of the chart. Patrick Mahomes has done that. Throughout this year, so many times, and I applaud him because he 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 everybody sets him sets the question up, and like the receivers is dropping ball. No, I should have did better. I should have put it better, right? And and that's a that's a true leader to me. You know, go ahead. uh, One thing uh, to that point, Ron, about leadership is when you're confident about yourself, you don't mind taking the hit. You Mm -hmm. don't mind responsibility. 
uh, is when you're not confident, when you just feel that people are going to judge you, you're going to put you down, that you just want to un- unload all that stuff to somebody else. Good point. Uh, the, 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 the more you can be selfless, the more you can be humble, the more you can say, okay, what can I learn from this process? What can I do to be better? Uh, and the more you can actually uplift everybody around you, that is where this process of this culture begins to happen. And you, we can create it in our own, our own little ways and our own little families, our own little whatever it might be. And, and it makes it fun to show up every single day when you do that. So uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's Tim Grover, deal. Tim Grover, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, uh, Dwayne Wade, all his, his that that was the trainer for him. He said, show up, work hard and listen. That's it. Show up, work hard and listen because you might learn something. Right. No you know, excuses. I was just I was just watching uh, quarterbacks on Netflix, and I'm blanking on his name. He was the quarterback for the Falcons, Marcus. He went Mariota. The, yeah, Marcus Mariota. So he's a Hawaii guy. So I'm a Hawaii guy, and he went to St. Louis High School. I went to Punahou. We played against each other back. Well, we didn't play against each other, but I mean, our school. I'm older than he is. Our our teams played against each other. So I was very much on him, and I was watching quarterbacks, and you're listening to his story. And, you know, he's great success in college. He gets to the pros, not as uh, successful. And he's out there with the Falcons and he's in the middle of a game. And, you know, you're looking at his career as hanging in the balance. You know what I mean? And he throws a pass to the wide receiver and hits him right in the hands and the receiver drops it. And he walks over to the guy and he's in the, you know, they got him mic'd up for the game. He walks over and he goes, hey, man, it's my fault, my fault, my bad. And I'm looking at that going, you know what? That guy is a big timer. And let me tell you something. It might not be in the NFL, right? He might not be a Super Bowl champion quarterback, but that characteristic is going to let that man be successful in his life because in a moment when everything is on the line for him, for him to have the humility and the grace and the courage to go up to somebody and say, hey, man, it's my fault, when it was clearly that guy's fault, man, that's a leader. And and it's like when you have it all on the line to do it like that, that's when you're going to be successful. Well, let's expand upon that. Uh, Scott, that takes the pressure off that wide receiver, right? It, yeah. it, 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 it lowers his, 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 his mind because everybody's on him. You know, you're getting judged. And for a second, it just relieves you. So if you could do that for others, that yeah. goes beyond just sports. Well, well, think about it again, uh, muscle memory. Think about it. It's, it's those things we do in the moment without having to plan, without having to say, I'm going to do this, that. It's just, happen because we've learned those habits. So if, if I can leave a message for those who are listening, success is truly a habit. Happiness is a habit. Uh, it, 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 life is going to come and go. You're going to have your ups and downs. You're going to have your wins and losses. But the habit of winning and being a winner is something that we decide every single day. Is what we read, what we listen to, is how we respond to people. It's how can, how can we control ourselves when we just might be a little frustrated, but we don't want to bring that to the environment we're in. Those kind of things, you learn how to control it. Believe me, it gets better and better and better. And one day we're going to come to that point and say, man, what a run it's been. And we've, we've, our kids are growing up. Our grandkids are growing up. And we can look back and say, you know what? Thankfully, because of the habits I learned, I can be very, very happy where I am right now. The last, the last waning years that we might have could be really, really good because of the legacy of what we learned through that process of being successful, truly successfully. Congressman Burgess Owens, you've been so generous with your time. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. You are a true big timer. And uh, officially a big timer. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, first of all, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for your passion for these kids. Uh, Keep in mind, we all have different backgrounds, but here we are 
yeah. uh, paths have led us to where we understand exactly what this is, should be about. And we have that spirit that we learn through our, our experiences. So thank you guys, seriously, because this is what the teamwork is all about. And uh, we're going to make a difference to these kids. They're going to they're gonna grow up and say, you know, I heard the right thing at the right time and went on to have a, a good, happy life. And that's what it's all about. Amen. To Amen. That. God bless you, Congressman. Everybody, thank you for joining thank us you. on the Doc and the Block podcast. Everybody have a great weekend. Follow us at bigtimers.com. That's B-I-G-timers.org. Bigtimers.org. We'll see you guys next time. Anytime, right. guys. Have, have a, a great one. weekend and be better than yesterday. Let's do it. 